You're listening to The Fallout with Joey Semmel and Drew Gillis. Thanks for tuning in. Hey guys, welcome into another episode of The Fallout. Um, we're going to have all NBA all the time today. We're really excited. Um, so we're going to have some concerns about the bubble, uh, some talk of hashtag free Woj. And then we're going to give you our favorites and some sleepers. But first, we have our over and under reactions for today. All right, Joe, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so our first one. Nikola Jokic's weight loss during the quarantine <laughs> makes the Nuggets into legit contenders in the West. I think that's an underreaction. And I know that sounds a little crazy because if you're the Nuggets, the best you can ask for is to be a legit contender in the West with how many teams there are out there. But even with fat Jokic, I love saying that. <laughs> Fat Jokic. Even with Fat Jokic, this team is a legit contender. I mean, the rest of their roster, you, you got Jamal Murray, who if he gets hot, and he's known to be a streaky player, if he gets hot and takes over this team in the playoffs, he could lead them on a huge run. You got Will Barton, who stepped it up big time this year, having one of the best years of his career. Paul Millsap, Mason Plumlee are two classic role players. Obviously, my uh, Millsap's kind of old, but obviously does his job as well. Gary Harris, if he can step it up a little bit as well, could shoot 40% from three. This team has the pieces. It, it has the pieces. And Jokic, honestly, his big body might be better than him being a little slim, little That's Jokic. That's what I was going to yeah. get to. Yeah, but, but that remains to be seen. I don't think it matters, though, because either way, this team could contend. So I'm totally with you. Um, I think it's an overreaction, and I think it's an overreaction because they were already contenders. Um, okay. So, yes, <laughs> we agree. They're the three seed right now. They're 43 and 22. They're only a game and a half behind the Clippers. Yeah, that's what and, I was going to point out. And, that's, that's not even a gap. Well, And Jokic before was already first team all NBA. Mm-hmm. So, so what more? And by the way, people were talking about how he's having a worse year this year. His stats are almost identical it's, it's to last year. It's because he had a slow start. I know. But by now, they're literally almost identical yes. to last year. Um, so they have a first team all NBA guy. And like you said, this roster is deep. It's talented and it's young. Um, I think this year isn't their year. I agree. Um, but ask me in two years, and I think that's a very different answer. And and anyone in the West right now, it becomes a little more interesting because of who the Lakers have lost. Right. It's a little more wide open than it was before. So I want to move on to the second question now. Over or under reaction, the 76ers are better with Ben Simmons at the four than him at the one. <sighs> I hope the microphone accurately caught that sigh. <laughs> I, I, I really do because the 76ers had a problem, right? Horford and Embiid should not be on the floor together at the same time mm-hmm. for more than five minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those five minutes, it can cause a mismatch. You can use it for five minutes, but that's it, right? But this was not the answer. Ben Simmons is an all-star point guard. He's a top five point guard. This was not their problem. Why move him? Why move your all-star 22-year-old point guard to a position he's never played before during the playoffs. Um, And think about it, right? So the issue with Horford and Embiid is that Horford clogs the lane for Embiid. What does moving Ben Simmons to the four solve for that? That just means he's going to be in Embiid's way more than he already was. All right? Now, let me try this. The (laughs) <laughs> this one makes me really angry. The 76ers were one game away from beating the eventual champions last year, mm-hmm. and it took that six-bounce shot from Kawhi Leonard, right? Mm-hmm. They were one game away. Who was the four on that team? Tobias Harris. Who do they still have? Tobias Harris. He's better at the four than he is at the three. Move Harris to the four. 
You have Josh Richardson. Put Firkin Corkmaz, the corker. The corker. The corker. Our favorite player oh in the NBA. God, I can't literally. wait for him to play again. I know. Move the corker into the starting lineup next to them, and all of a sudden, your shooting problem around Simmons and Embiid, it's gone. You have three great shooters around them. Three guys shooting around 40% from three, right? So why? Why, 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 why do this? So so first of all, I want to say, how can we talk about the Sixers without mentioning the corker first? <laughs> Best player on the team. I mean, you asked about Simmons. <laughs> the corker. <laughs> but, but... I think this is actually the correct reaction, that they are better with Ben Simmons at the four. Oh, my God. And here's why. Big assumption here. But can Brett Brown do what needs to be done and basically just bench Horford? He's been terrible this year. He's been a liability on the team. He clogs up the lane for the other stars that need to take control in the playoffs. Horford is old. It's not his time anymore. And he does not deserve the playing time that he's been given in the past on a team with a lot of bigs. It's that simple. So your point about moving Tobias to the four is interesting, and your point about him being the four last year is interesting as well, but I'm going to take a segment from Max Kellerman here and say that during the playoff run, Ben Simmons played a lot of the four. I don't really know if that's true. Don't tell anyone that. But that's what Max K said. So if he's at the four, though, in the playoffs, they had a playoff run where they went to game seven on a crazy shot against the eventual world champions. So that's as much as I can ask for. Honestly, you get one lucky break and you're good to go. The problem is Brett Brown will not simply bench Al Horford because Al Horford is Al Horford and kind of demands playing time, as much as I hate to say that. Lastly, lastly, Shake Milton. I know it's kind of a joke because Shake Milton, but dude played a hell of a season at the end of this year. Like when they actually, when Ben sat out games, Shake Milton put up numbers, put up, 39, I believe, against the Clippers when he was guarded by Kawhi, PG, or Pat Bev, a combination of those three players, put up 39, is a good three-point shooter. Granted, he's not as great of a point guard as Ben Simmons, but if he fits, he fits. And he's not going to be the primary ball handler once they get up the court. So, first of all, Simmons did not play the four last year. He handled the ball and played the one. He might have guarded the four. He guarded a lot of... Leonard, uh, and he can do that while still playing point guard offensively. So I'm saying offensively. If you, Come on, Max K. If, if, well, over. if you're going to move <laughs> Milton into the lineup, Milton's a guy who's best with the ball in his hands. He's best playing point guard. He's a great backup reserve point guard. Agreed. He One should of not the best be the, in the league. He should not be a starter on a contender, though, to put it simply. And um, Neither should Horford right now, though, and that's the problem. Horford is obviously the problem. And I, I'm saying move Harris to the four and put another shooter on the wing. But I don't really mind Harris at the three if you move Ben to the four and Her- take Harris Horford out. Harris is better at the four than he is at the three. He just I is. think Ben could be lethal at the four, though. And that's something that has to be seen. Honestly, we haven't given him the chance there yet, but dude, it, it, dude it, basically plays the four when he gets the ball over the, so, over the so, half-court line. It would ma- the person who guards Ben Simmons is not going to change whether Shake Milton is quote-unquote playing point guard or if Ben Simmons is quote-unquote playing point guard. Right, because if you're playing Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard is still going to guard Ben Simmons. Giannis is still going to guard Ben Simmons. It's, it's not mm-hmm. going to change. So all this does is, I agree, get Horford out of the starting lineup. But moving, you have a great four, an all-star four on your lineup. Put him there. Why? Why, why is this more complicated than it needs to be? Because Brett Brown, that's the answer. He's making this move to try to save his job. I believe that's the move. Why? TJ McConnell was their backup point guard last year. You want to guess how many minutes per game he played in the playoffs? Probably like eight. Eight. <laughs> so <laughs> he averaged two points and an assist. Yeah. So yeah. he, Ben was the point guard. <laughs> All right, last one. 
if Oladipo plays and he's, a, I think he's going to play. So I think he is too. If if Victor Oladipo plays, the Pacers are an actual threat in the East. Overreaction. This one's the easiest one to answer for me. And here's why. Without Oladipo to start this season, the Pacers were 30 and 17 before he came back from injury. They are now 39 and 26, meaning in that stretch with Oladipo in the lineup, they went 9 and 9. Now, I'm not saying that adding Oladipo to this lineup is going to hurt the team. I mean, at some point they had to bring him back and sort of let him work through his rehab a little bit. He's, he's an all-star caliber player, and he deserves that time, and they knew they were going to make the playoffs, so none of that matters. But going forward, I think this team can get it done without him. I think this team can get it done with him, and neither of which I think will get it done at a championship level. That's the difference. I think they're kind of stuck in that perennial five or six seed area. I don't know. I don't really see them getting out of that for the next few years unless Brogdon or Oladipo takes a big step forward next year. And Brogdon already has this year, but I think he needs another one. So I think this is the correct reaction. I really do. I think with Oladipo healthy, if we get last year Oladipo, this Pacers team with the steps Sabonis and the steps Brogdon has taken forward, I think they're the second best team in the East. I really, really do. Um, ahead of the Raptors and ahead of the Celtics. And do I have to say the Sixers anymore? Like, <laughs> no, do I really? No. <laughs> um, yes. If you look ahead of the Heat, yes, ahead of the Heat. If you look purely at record, they weren't that great. But Oladipo was finding a rhythm before the lockdown. He really, really was. Um, in his last game, he had 27 and 7. And his plus minus was negative in his first six games back. And then after that, that only happened one time. His, he was had a positive impact while he was on the court. That was double digits three out of those times as well. So, uh, or two out of those times. I apologize. Two out of those times as well. And um, he's had two more months to rehab, two and a half more months to rehab, right? There's no reason to think that this injury was career ending for Victor Oladipo. No. That was never what it was no. going to be. And he came back and he had to work his stuff out. And he still, by the way, hasn't played more than 30 minutes a game, right? He played 28 minutes and 45 seconds in his last game. And that was the most he'd played. So there is still room for him to get even better and have even more of an impact on the floor. And I think sometimes we forget just how good he is um, when he's healthy. I do want to say his injury is not, we knew it wasn't going to be career ending, right? But I do think it's a career altering injury. I think most injuries to legs in basketball are career altering injuries. And the dude tore a quad. I mean, that's a big injury, and he took a year off. So to say, like, two months is a big difference. You're right. Two months is a big difference. But how big of a difference? How much can it really make a difference? And to me, the Pacers as a whole, they have the pieces, but they just haven't put together a star lineup yet, and I'm not sure Oladipo fixes that this year. I think they could put it together next year, and next year I could see them being really a big threat. But you, this you year, have, I'm you have not to remember sure. it's basically next year now. Right? No, no, because not yet. Not there, yet. There, was essentially, not yet. there was essentially an offseason between the last game they played and the next game they'll play. Pretty much an offseason. So Oladipo's back. He's healthy. He was going to sit out in because he was worried about the injury. But in the last week or so, he's played a bunch of five-on-five. Five, and apparently, he looks incredible. And that's why he's going to play. So I think they're a legit contender. And if the season ends the way it is now, the Heat and Pacers will play each other in that 4-5 matchup. Either way... I think they're going to give the Bucks a little bit of trouble. I think the Pacers will give them more trouble uh, than the Heat, but I still I, think the Bucks. I don't. Get I don't see this shaking out any other way than 
Heat Bucks as the ultimate matchup in the East. I think those are the two best teams to play against each other. Is the best matchup against the Bucks is the Heat. And well, I'll stand the by Heat that. are going to have to go through the Pacers first. I know, but I'll stand by that. The Heat can match up against the Bucks better than any any other team in the East. And I have them getting to the. I don't. I don't have the Pacers getting far in the playoffs this year. I don't think it's their year. I want to jump in today by talking about some of the concerns around the bubble. I love the bubble. I, I saw <laughs> someone saw someone say on Twitter that uh, all the gossip from the bubble is now called bubble tea. Oh my god! I'm a fan. So <laughs> I just want to say only two out of 332 players in the bubble tested positive. We know one of them was Michael Beasley. He's going home. He's yep. not on the net. The Nets have had nine players the test Nets positive. Are fucked. <laughs> nine players test positive, and they cut my boy Theo Pinson. So. Uh, now they look dumb for that, but um, yeah. So, so the bubble's working really? in yeah. regards to that so far. Um, one of the funnier things to come out of the bubble is uh, Rashawn Holmes, center for the Kings, who's having a really nice year. Mm-hmm. Um, he left the bubble to go pick up a food delivery, and now has to quarantine for ten days. <laughs> so, like, like there are some concerns, and part of that uh, we we think that came because of the call system the snitching system so to speak where snitching um yeah where players can call in concerns and according to shams of the athletic um it's been used and i gotta wonder like like our teams using this to just say like oh yep i saw lebron leave (laughs) (laughs) and like and like Giannis, Giannis, dude Giannis went and he went to a party actually with people who have tested positive like is that what people are saying right now to try to get them taken out I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a clear benefit to calling the hotline. If you're a player in the bubble and someone goes out of the bubble, like Orange County, the surrounding county, is kind of screwed right now with yeah, COVID. Yeah, so all of Florida is. Yeah, their testing rates right now, of testing rates, uh, 11.4% have it, which is not, not, not good. That's just really, not Really good. bad, That's actually. Really bad. So, yeah, if players are going out of the bubble, I'm mad if I'm another player. I'd, like, take some accountability. And I, I would call the hotline if I were one of the players, but, even though it's snitching. It, but and it helps you be, because it, yes. you're going to play these guys. Yes, that's what that's that's the right. funny and, part. And, like, and, and I like, haven't thought of that until you and, just and brought it up. Even Rashawn Holmes, he can't leave his room, so he's not practicing. Right? Nope. Odds are he didn't get COVID picking up a food delivery where the guy left it there and he went and grabbed it. Right? Odds are. Odds are you, he didn't you get don't it. Know. But you don't know, so he has to quarantine for ten days, which so means he's not funny. practicing with his team. <laughs> right? And so. I saw this too. The Kings bigs wise are down to Bagley who's had his struggles and Harry Giles who's just bad. Yeah. So good luck Kings. But Yeah, I mean, okay, let's be honest with ourselves. The Kings don't have a ch- they don't have a shot. <laughs> right? <laughs> of of all the teams in this tournament, the Kings are one of the least likely to even make it to the final playoff bracket. Uh put them with the Suns and the Wizards as the least likely probably, but but regardless of that, I do think this is the funniest thing to come out of the bubble so far. Because I want to ask you, Joey, if you're one of the players, and I'm not talking with any malicious intent here, like, <laughs> like Rashawn Holmes, if he comes back and then he calls on LeBron James leaving so that he has a better chance or whatnot. Like, would you, if you were a player, call the hotline if you saw another player leaving, even if they're on your own team? And does that change anything if they're on your team? If they were on my team, I would keep my fucking mouth shut. Are you kidding me? Would you, though? Th- that's that's not you worth... You have to. No, th- but that's, would you? that's not worth the pain in the locker room. Let someone else call. You know what I mean? Like, odds are, if you saw it, someone else did, too. So why, why would you let that happen? 
Or why would you call like like you think LeBron's gonna call on AD? No. Okay. You think Alex Caruso's gonna call on LeBron? <laughs> That'd be fucking right. hilarious. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's not gonna happen though. So like, next question because it's a dumb one. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure it is though it, because. And and next, let's take it to what about players on other teams, and that that's where the fun comes. Well, in. obviously, you but, call it, we but, said that you call on people hold on other on teams. If you're if you're calling on a play on your own team, here's where I can see it making sense. If you're practicing all the time with these guys, and I don't know how practices work in the bubble. Do you practice with other teams in the same gym at the same time? I don't think so. No. So if you have your whole team in the gym, if one of those guys you know went outside of the bubble, so tell where there's an coach, 11.4% rate of tell, having tell COVID your coach, among tests. Tell your coach so he can get them individual True workouts, enough. right? Why would you call the hotline and get them stuck in their room for 10 days? Good luck fixing that in the locker room uh, after the 10 days is up. True enough. Like they're in solitary confinement for ten days. But okay, if, if it's some, some of these team. rooms don't have windows, like like they're in solitary confinement for ten days. If it's a player on, the, on another team. I don't hesitate. Are you, are you kidding? <laughs> like, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Rashawn Holmes. I don't care if it's to keep it on the Kings. I don't care if it's Buddy Heald. I don't care if it's Darren Fox. I don't care if it's freaking uh, Corey Joseph. I'm calling right because every little bit helps me uh, gain an advantage. The NBA is very, very much a communal environment all the players know each other they all are somewhat friends with each other either friends or enemies Ed, I'll, I'll tell you way. i'll tell you old people hate that because they're like in the 90s they were at each other's throats i know right no. it's who funny cares? Who it's cares? funny <laughs> who cares but but the fact that they're all friends with each other they all know each other i feel like it's like that in every major sports league but especially in the nba because more basketball so, than anything else you were players yeah. I see this being an issue. If you report on a player on another team, you're going to be that snitch. You know what I mean? But they don't know who reported. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, it's anonymous. Are you kidding? Oh, man, they shouldn't make it it's, anonymous. It's an, yeah, they have to make it no, anonymous be because then no one would do it, to ah, your point. you're right. But they have to make it anonymous so that you can just freaking... Yeah, okay. Like, dude, I'm telling you, if I'm sitting there and I'm, I don't know, uh, Landry Shamit, right? There's no way I'm not calling on LeBron the second he walks out of his room. They're like, he left his room. And everyone's dude, like, dude, dude. Shamit be getting high fives from everyone right. on his team. They're like, dude, that's allowed. He's like, LeBron can leave his room. They're like, no, no, no. He left. And like, I'm, try- I'm trying to get him suspended. Like, I'm serious. Um, but it's not going to work. I-, I think LeBron could go to a party with. Uh, and he won't because he's a family man. Yeah, he's not he, an idiot. And he's 35. Dwight but Howard, meanwhile. I'm saying, like, <laughs> LeBron could go to, like, a rager with 250 people, a concert even, and would be fine because he's LeBron. Yeah. So, yeah. He, like, he's the one guy you can't touch. <laughs> well, let's talk about the other guys, the guys that have opted out, so the guys that are already going to miss the season for sure. And the list grows. It's, every up, to, time. it's up to 14, isn't every it? Every time we talk about this, every day, it seems like the list grows. Uh, and and Oladipo is still a question mark on there. We talked about him already. We think he's going to play. We've touched on Beal. Um, we've touched Beal's on Ariza. A big one. I, yeah, there's there's Ariza. But there's Beal. There's Avery Bradley I, I wanna, and Rajon Rondo. We'll, we'll get to that in the favorites discussion because fuck you for picking the Lakers. Um, some undated, undedicated. No, I can't even say that. Do what you got to do. If it's it's a weird time right now, but um, <laughs> the, dude, the, I can't. You can't blame me for taking the Lakers in a season that wasn't fucked by COVID. That's so different. We'll get there. We'll get there. If you really, if you really <laughs> like want to stick by them, you should. We'll get there. Um, but Westbrook tested positive today as well. Uh, got DeAndre Jordan. I mean, the exactly. list grows it's, for the it's, Nets. It's nine people on the Nets, right? So who, like, who have it? Who the, the Nets are done? So, but we're talking about healthy opt-outs. I think it's up to fourteen. 
Ariza, Bradley Beal, Rondo, and uh, Bradley. Bradley. Actually, Rondo was hurt technically, so I guess just Ariza, Beal, and Avery Bradley were the most notable mm-hmm. among those. And um, good try, Wizards. Yeah, probably good try. I, I, I think Portland kind of needed Ariza. I kind of agree d- defensively because they don't have anyone to, else. Bleacher Report's trying to hype up Melo. But Wait, like, but he doesn't play defense. Uh, he does look good though. <laughs> he, he looks in shape yeah, he, he right looks now. Looks in shape. Yeah, um, and, and Avery Bradley, another important piece to the Lakers. This oh, is all piece. all important guys. But um, the list of positive tests to me is more interesting because guys like Dinwiddie, guys like uh, Harrison Barnes, uh, guys like Russell Westbrook. He's probably the biggest name. They all have it. Yep. Who knows what's and Jokic had it too. Who knows what they're going to look like? I mean, I think some of them are asymptomatic, but I haven't heard about all of them. Yep. And and I think the list of positive tests, even though it's two out of 322 right now, you start the season, I think those numbers will start to go up a little bit because they're going to be playing against other teams almost every other night. So, I mean, that, that's going to boost. If no one leaves the bubble, you theoretically, should be fine. Theoretically, as Adam Silver says, in, the, in theory, this should work, but we will see. And so, you know, it, things might change, things might not change. But yeah, as you said, bye bye Wizards. I think bye bye Nets. That was a while back, though. I those, mean, both one, those teams never really had a shot. One of them's gonna make the playoffs, though. <laughs> as scary as that is, um, one of them gets the right to lose to the Bucks, probably. But so, so I want to move to the free Woj movement. Um, Woj, Woj is suspended. I, I, usually, it's Woj <laughs> tweeting out about the suspensions, but right now it's Woj who's suspended. So. Does Shams get to come in and tweet about like like he's running the show now? It's so sad, right? It's crazy. You know, Woj is beating him for half these tips. Yeah, like he, uh, he tweeted about Barnes having it, tweeted about Westbrook having it, tweeted about Beasley having it. Um, you know, Woj would have known that Beasley had it before Beasley knew he had it. Don't ask me how, but Woj would have known. I don't think there's any other league like the NBA for reporters where there's a clear number one. Like, Woj is by far I mean, the guy you go to. Baseball, I think Rosenthal is number one, but Jeff Passan has an argument. Passan's you know, so like, close, like, right? He has an argument. People still listen to what John Heyman has to say for some right, reason, but that's right. another topic. Football, Jesus Christ. You mean what Scott Boris has to say? Um, <laughs> football, football, you got Schefter. Schefter's probably number one, but Ian Rappaport is right there, yeah, too. Right there. Right? So, and, but and Shams is so far below Woj, in my opinion. If he like, did any other sport, I think Shams would be number one, though. Maybe. I, I maybe. really do. Um, but... But you, we're talking about Woj. I mean, if and I, he's my favorite reporter of any sport in any league, and I think the players share that thought as well. A, a ton of them are tweeting out free Woj. LeBron James tweeted out hashtag free Woj. The players Lou love Williams, him. Like, like hashtag free Woj. Why do you think he gets all of the tips? Yeah, because he, <laughs> that he gets him. Yeah. because the teams love him, the players love him. He's a smart as hell guy. Oh, absolutely. Right. So I want to back up and just say why he's where he is. So. Um, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, um, Who? exactly of MO, um, seriously, why is the Missouri abbreviation MO? That's <laughs> the dumbest one in all 50. That's gotta be the worst one. It's terrible. It's terrible. That's all. <laughs> it's, it's God, it's bad. Um, so he criticized the league's decision to let players wear social justice, uh, slogans, campaigns, whatever word you messages. want to use, messages yeah, sure. um, on their jersey instead of their names. And um, Well, I, w- I want to I be real for a second. He wasn't criticizing the messages or being allowed to use messages. He was criticizing which messages the players were allowed and true, not true. allowed I to use. I said that wrong. I said that wrong. Okay, so, so basically, 
Um, he's angry that players are going to put Black Lives Matter on their jersey and not either All Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter or something like that. Pro-cop stuff uh, on their jersey. And also there's a little bit about China in there as well. But that was the main message uh, that was frustrating him. And Woj Woj was straightforward back. We can't fault him for that. Can I quote his message? Well, I'll (laughs) say the beginning and I'll give you your favorite part. How about that? (laughs) Because Woj simply responded on an email with 50 other people on it, if I read that right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fuck you. Sent from my iPhone. (laughs) He left a sent from my iPhone. And so Woj was not mincing words. And and apparently, like, like, this was straightforward. And the sent from my iPhone makes me think he didn't really think about it before he sent it. No. He just sent that thing off, right? But, but, But here's the thing is... While he probably knew that ESPN was going to punish him for it as soon as he said it. He didn't it, care. I don't think he cares, and I think it's actually a smart well, move well, for him. He didn't care. Everyone loves him because right. everyone in right. basketball ESPN, agrees with ESPN him. ESPN needs Woj more than Woj needs ESPN, yes. to put it simply. Yes. Um, and the other piece of this that I want to laugh about is, don't you think someone like Woj would edit the settings on his phone so sent from my iPhone isn't there anymore? Because you can do that. At least, like, his name. Right. <laughs> you can do that. Um it would be better. Like, imagine if he had this is like final. I don't know what that's called. The signature, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if it was just "fuck you, Woj bomb." No, <laughs> or, or, it was, he went really formally, like "fuck you, Adrian Wojnarowski, um, ESPN," and then he lists all the books that he's written, formerly of Yahoo Sports. Fuck you. Um, on Scott Van Pelt every night. Like, he just went and listed on all of his accomplishments, and then no one could touch him because that would go on for no longer can, than the email. No one can touch him anyways. I, like, That's he's going to be fine. Thing. That's why he's suspended for two weeks and not fired. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but also, good for him for sticking up for the message and the players. because I, I actually agree. He, yeah. Part of his job that goes unnoticed, I think, is by being that voice for the players. He was it right here as well because... Frankly, like all the people, all the players who have tweeted free Woj, like LeBron, like Lou Williams, like Spencer Dinwiddie, would have responded, fuck you, sent for my iPhone, just like Woj That's did. exactly what they would have done. Right. So and Stephen A's talked on this a lot before, but being friends with the players, having good relationships with the players is so important in that business, that's, in and, Stephen and A's that, business, that's in literally, Woj's business. literally Woj's job to have that. Yes. So this is just a good move by him. I love it. And he can live with two weeks, although... Uh, Shams getting the jump on him probably doesn't sit too well with him. I, I don't think he's worried about Shams, but actually, you know what? Good for Shams. This is going to boost his career. Yeah, like he's going to get a lot more credibility from this, I think, because he's going to be the only guy for the next two weeks. I wonder if his followers have like doubled in the last couple yeah. of days. Yeah. I, I don't know. Drew, I want to move now and talk about some sleepers. And I know we're going to get angry here because I know who you're going to pick and I know who I'm going to pick. And I know we just vehemently disagree with each other about it. Um, So I'll let you go first. All right. I'm going to take a team that leads the league in offensive efficiency. The Dallas Mavericks, the seven seed in the West. The West is wide open right now. I think there are so many contending teams I could see any team from one through seven actually making it to the conference final, and when you get there, anything could happen. Look at what's happened to the Lakers roster. They're torn apart now. Even though they got LeBron and AD, the rest of that roster is in shambles. And again, the most efficient offense in the league with Luka, Chris Stapps, Finney Smith. can't believe I'm mentioning him. Tim Hardaway, who's shooting 40% from three this year. 
J.J. Barea is a good backup point guard. The, the team's a little thin. I know the team's a little thin, but does that matter in the playoffs? I don't think so. And they got Luka Doncic, who I would say is a top five, top ten player in the NBA already at this point in his career, which is nuts. Chris Tapps was taking a step forward in a huge way in the second half of this season, really putting it together, especially when Luka missed time. They work really well together on the court together. I think this just works. And they're going to be facing a hard team in the first round, guaranteed. But could they get it done? I think they could. I think they could shock people. I think they could take a lot of teams to seven games. I think they could shock the world. Um, I think that's a bad pick. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I'll asshole. tell you why. Um, I think that's a bad pick. They are bad against good teams, and they are bad in close games. And they're going to play a good team in the, in the first round. If the season <laughs> ended right now, they'd play who I think is the – we'll get there, but who I think is the best team in the league, the Los Angeles Clippers. They, they will, as of now, that'll change, though. I think that'll change. The, the standings are easily shaken right now. Like the, They're a game and a half back. A lot of back. teams are close with each other. They're a game and a half back of the next closest team. Uh, so it's, it's, it could change. It might not. Yeah. Um, but either way, they're going to play the Clippers or the Nuggets pretty much. Um, off chance they get the Jazz, but they're going to play the Clippers and the Nuggets, and I don't like their chances against either of those like teams. Either of those matchups, um, but, because they are ten and sixteen against teams above five hundred. And uh, like I said, they're really, really bad in close games. One of the worst teams in the league, not just among contenders, in close games. They only have two wins, two in three point games. Right, so down the stretch, well, how many losses? I need to know nine. Um, <laughs> To give you some perspective, the next closest team with two wins uh, is the Pelicans. They're two and five, um, and they're pretty far down from where the Mavericks are. So not great in three-point games. They're bad against team, good teams. Uh, I, I think they're going to be scary good in a couple years. I think they're one or two pieces away, though, from like not all-star pieces, but like good rotation pieces away because – um, they don't play a lot of defense. Their best three players are probably Luca Porzingis and Tim Hardaway, who none of whom are good defenders at all. No. Um, so I, I just don't buy their chances. Look, looking in the future, they get Dwight Powell back, which is so huge for them because then Chris, Chris Stapps can move away from the four well, or it, away from the five. I, I just, say. to put it simply, if they did have to play the Clippers, I really, really, really don't like their chances of being able to guard uh, <laughs> Kawhi, Paul George, Harrell and Lou Williams on the floor at the same time. Couldn't, Good couldn't, luck. Couldn't with that. you say that about like ninety nine percent of NBA teams? Yes, but so I th- we're picking I think, sleepers, right? Right. <laughs> but, but I'm saying like even if you look at the Rockets, the Rockets have a plus defender um, in Eric Gordon and a decent defender in Westbrook and a, a, a below average defender um, in Harden. So they would do a better job than I think the Mavericks will. Hence, why they struggle in close games. So who's your pick? Okay, so I'm gonna pick the Indiana Pacers. And we've touched, we touched on them in the intro. Mm-hmm. I think with Oladipo, this team is going to be scary, scary good. And I think Oladipo, the reason why he's coming back, the reason why he's changing his mind is because he's healthy. He looks good in their five-on-five scrimmages. Scary good from what I've read. Um, and I just think this roster doesn't have a lot of holes. I know they're missing a superstar, um, but Oladipo was an all-star last year, was an all-star the year before. Sabonis was an all-star this year. So they have two all-stars on their team. Um, plus they have Miles Turner, 
who is a great interior defender, averaging over two blocks a game. Plus, they have Brogdon, who's one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA and is averaging 16 and seven at the point guard position. Um, so, and they're they're deep too. Just I I, I hear you. I hear you. I, I I know they're deep. I I always compare their team to like an F one fifty truck. They're like very solid as a team. They're very durable and they're I, reliable. I want to say, say they have the they they have. The guy who I think is the most quintessential backup point guard maybe in NBA history, yep. TJ McConnell. Yep. <laughs> he, Stephen A. was touching on him today. Yeah. Like that, he's, he's your guy for a backup point guard that doesn't come in and give you the numbers but energizes the team. Who I'll compare him to is I'll compare him to Ray Felton. He, he just reminds me of Ray Felton True. because when Ray Felton was on the floor, even when he was a starter, um, he makes the guys around him better. So does McConnell. Yep. That's what I want Absolutely. in my backup point guard, right? And because they have Brogdon and now Oladipo, they can hide his... He's a good defender, not a great defender. Um, they can hide some of his defensive woes because those two guys are so good and odds are one of them will be on the floor with them at all times. Sure. Here's the problem is you're going to run into the Bucks. I know, I know. And so, I, so I hear you. It's easier to pick a sleeper in the East because... Honestly, who fucking knows two through eight? Once you get well, there, well, two through nine, but two through eight, two through six. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair, okay, fair, 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 fair. Who knows two through six? I mean, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, Sixers. I could see any single one of those teams making it to the Western Conference, Eastern Conference final. Dude, I would imagine agree. if they made it to the Western Conference. That'd be incredible. <laughs> Holy shit! But any Most one of those most successful postseason ever. <laughs> any one of those five teams could make it. Against the Bucks, and I don't see anyone making it over the Bucks. Like the Bucks are the team to beat by far, and that's why I'm not picking any team in the East because no one's going to be able to run through the Bucks. They're much better than any other team in the East, and the West people are going to have to fight it out. They're going to have to duke it out like we do every episode, and it's going to get ugly out West. And in the East, it's just not. The Bucks aren't going to face well, any and, adversity and, and, except for the Heat. But uh, no, I, see, I think the. Pacers will beat the Heat in the first round, first of all. And second of all, when they get there, I think other than Bam Adebayo, I agree, Bam Adebayo yes. is the best person to guard Giannis in the league. Yes. I think they have the second best. No. Embiid. And I know that sounds crazy, but Miles Embiid Turner. has shut him down. Miles Turner can do it, too. I, I just want to state that Miles Turner's record. a good defender. Great defender. I don't want to take that from him. But he's a liability on offense. No, all he's he, not. He chucks no, up threes and makes them at under a league average pace. He hasn't been reliable offensively all year. He's put up huge, huge block numbers, but not on offense. He's a career 35% shooter. Talking about career. Look at this year. Yeah, he's not great this year. Yes, I know he's not this year. He's a 35% shooter, and he gives them 11 and 6. That's all they really need him to do. I disagree. I think they need more up against the Bucs because the Bucs are, in my opinion, an improved version of the Pacers. But you, you, they forget, have more you forget pieces, how good, more strength, forget more durability. You forget how good Sabonis is. Sabonis is averaging he's very good. 2012 and 7. Like the guy balls out. He, he does. Hasn't, he hasn't got enough credit for it this year. 2012 and 5. I apologize. He, he, he balls out and he doesn't get enough credit. I agree. And yet I'm still not picking any sleeper in the East because of the Bucks because I think they're too dangerous. I, I want to point this out about Miles Turner and about the Pacers. You know who Giannis averages his least amount of points per game or se- second least amount of points per game against uh, in the entire league? Just based on your question, let me guess. Uh, the Pacers. It's the Pacers. He Thanks. only averages 18 and 8 against the Pacers, well below um, his averages against most other teams. I just don't see the Pacers getting to the Bucks. I just, I just you think, don't see You think it. they lose to the... I think they lose. If, if Right now, I think they would lose to the Heat. You forget how Oladipo can change it, this team. You really, really... I don't think the Heat are giving enough, enough credit, though. 
but we know we're going to get from the Heat. I think with Oladipo, the Pacers are so much better than the Heat and have the potential to be because Remains they have to be someone. Seen, but again, with Oladipo, even without the season, they weren't good. I mean, they they were but worse Oladipo than they were without wasn't really him. Back yet, yeah, and then Oladipo fine, in the last fine. couple games was actually back but and you're, was, looked I like Victor Oladipo. I think you're relying Oladipo. on a lot from him, and and you're relying. I, I, you're even, actually even, you're you're relying on him taking them from a five seed to a team that's better than the Bucks. I'm not saying that's a huge I'm, fucking I've jump. I've never said they were better than the Bucks. Slow down. Slow down. I never said they were better than the Bucks. I said they have a chance to beat the Bucks. Okay. Right? Slow down. Sleeper picks. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> Okay, Drew, I want to have a discussion, the favorites to win the whole thing, as I said during the MLB one, the whole kit and caboodle. I saw that, by the way, on someone's Instagram story. People say Dude, it. it's, it's a, a thing. thing. It's a I, thing. I told you it was a thing. He checked. <laughs> I, I told you I checked. All right, but tell me, who, who's your favorite to win it all? I think we just talked about him a lot. But the Pacers, the, the Bucks, the Bucks are going to win Wait, 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 wait. You're hopping off the Lakers. The Bucks are going to win it you're hopping off. The, you've said the, the Lakers are going to win it all. You said the Lakers all year long. Can, so so can, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Actual question. Yes, this is part of me being angry at you, but actual question. What makes you not pick the Lakers? Look, they already were thin. They were already stretched thin. Ah, but wait, wait, wait. So you're saying it's the losses of Rondo and Bradley that have you not picking the Lakers? Yes. That's what it is? That is one of their starters and their primary backup point guard who averages five or six assists a game. Okay, so I thought the Lakers were the best team in basketball, according to you, because they had the best superstar pairing. And to quote you, it didn't really matter who was around them. Yes, to a certain extent. Like, don't be a a little prick here. Come on. It matters. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's not it a joke. It matters to a certain you're, extent. You're hopping off them. That's a because joke. You're Listen hopping. to their lineup. They lost a starter. They're the best You're the one, you're the one who argued about depth with me yes. and used Alex Caruso as an example. Now Alex Caruso is going to get a chance to play a lot. Yeah. So according to you, that Look, should be a plus. Alex Caruso playing a lot, I actually don't think is going to be a negative for that team. What is going to be a negative is losing their best defensive player and arguably one of the most important backup point guards in the league. I mean, those are two huge losses. If, if any team loses those two type of players, I mean, granted, like the, the Clippers, if they I, lost their I best just, defensive player, would be losing fucking Kawhi Leonard. It's a little different. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying you're talking about losing two guys who have a combined player efficiency rating below LeBron's and AD's. Yes, I know. Below. I know. So like, I know, but come on. All right, it was already close. It was already a close debate, right? And now the, I think the West is a little more powered up and the Lakers are less powered up. I mean, the Clippers got better from this break. The Lakers got much worse. So there's a clear disadvantage to the Lakers. And you know what? I'm going to pull this out just so you can rag on me a little more. I'm with Jalen Rose on this one. Jalen Rose picked the Lakers too, and Jalen Rose ditched his pick because it's the smart thing to do. If I didn't ditch my pick of the Lakers, I'd be a bad on-air personality. Because that's fucking stupid. They're, I, I don't uh, think I'm, they have I'm a chance anymore, really. I'm, I'm just mad at you. I don't care. But let me talk about the Bucks because they're my pick now. And I think, I think at this point it's really, really, really between the Bucks and the Clippers. I think that will be the matchup in the finals. I could see it shaking out other ways, but those are my two favorites in each conference. And the Bucks, I think, will take it. And I just think Giannis will take it to the level that we haven't seen in the playoffs. I know it's a big ask because we haven't seen it. 
but I think he could be that guy. He's proven to be that guy in regular season games plenty of times. This year, he's been just an unstoppable force at times in limited minutes, and I think he could take it to that level in the playoffs. I, I really do. The East is better this year, and I think, in a way, that might actually prep him a little bit for what has to come. He'll have to be 100% the entire time, and he was just given two months of rest. He'll have to be on his A game. There's no resting. There's no stopping. I think he could do it. The rest of that team fits. I mean, it, that, that to me, the rest of that team is a championship-caliber team. They have so many pieces to go to. They're just like the Clippers. I mean, Middleton, he's got his issues streaky-wise, but like Middleton's a great option. You know, DiVincenzo is a great guy to have off the bench. One of the most valuable bench assets in the league, I would argue. The, the team has it. Brooke Lopez, down low. I'm not mad at Brooke Lopez being a starter on my team. It's a stretch five that plays decent on blocks, at least. I was going to say decent defense. He plays okay defense with good block numbers and hits a lot of threes. He stretches the floor. And that's the point of their team, stretch the floor, let Giannis run up the middle. And I think it works. I think it's a formula that's going to work this year. I think Giannis will put it together. Who do you got? I'm gonna pick. The, I'm actually gonna stick with the team that I picked in November, October. Dick. The team that I picked on the radio at Denison in March. The team I picked a couple podcasts ago, and the team I'm picking now. Me and Max Kellerman picked them when everyone was picking the Lakers, and I'm sticking by it again. Shout out Max Kellerman, the Los Angeles Clippers. Imagine being proud about not changing your pick because your team didn't lose a starter and Los your number Angeles one Clippers. backup point guard. They lost two guys with player efficiency ratings. You, you know, fun fact, you could add up um, those two guys and DJ Wilson, their player efficiency ratings, it would still be less than Giannis. So, Fucking DJ uh, Wilson sucks wang. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm laughing about that. <laughs> but uh, Rondo was really not that good this year, and Avery Bradley was No, but uh, his assist his numbers role. off the bench is all you need. Um, and Bradley's got great defense. But Brad, Bradley's played a huge role in some of the games this year. I remember he put up, he was the leading scorer in a game against either the Bucks or the Clippers. I don't remember which one. Leading scorer, though, in a win. So he puts up numbers. But oh. go, go talk about the Clippers again. You, you get to do it again. I get to do Congrats it again. Congratulations. Because you want to hear something really, really scary. It's almost funny, actually. You know how many guys they have with above? So player efficiency rating average score is 15, right? You know how many guys they have above that? At least one. I can't argue that. You're right. Yeah, you, you, you were not wrong there. They have at least one. They have eight. <laughs> they have eight, and that doesn't include Patrick Beverly. Did you know that only five can be on the floor at once? But that's my point, is that's how good and that's how deep this team is. Um, and by the way, Paul George just said he came out and he said he's finally healthy. He's finally back. Good luck rest of the NBA because I think the Kawhi Leonard-Paul George pairing was already better than the uh, LeBron and AD pairing. But then they also have uh, Harrell and Zubach and Williams and Reggie Jackson and Patrick Beverly and Patrick Patterson and Landry Shamit and Marcus Morris. The list just goes on and on and on. This team is so good, so deep. They can guard you one through five. Hell, Kawhi and Paul George can guard one through five themselves. Um, so they're the most complete team in basketball. They're the deepest team in basketball. And if you want to get mad about one-two pairings, they have the best one-two pairing in basketball. I disagree with you on the one-two pairing. I still think it's LeBron and AD. I don't take that away from the Lakers just because they lost two other players, two big players that they lost. But the, I think that one-two pairing is still I'm the saying, best in the league. And I'm saying a healthy Paul George with Kawhi Leonard, who Kawhi Leonard might be the best player in the NBA if you include what he does defensively. When they prove um, to me that they can work together, 
and they will this I'll postseason. Watch. And I'll watch. It wouldn't shock me. Ha- if it hasn't been proven. Th- to there, me yet. there are games where like they both go for forty each, and like Lou Will adds like twenty five, and it's they're scary good and I, scary deep. I, I also want to point out that the Bucks have six guys with a player efficiency rating above fifteen. You said the Clippers have eight. The Bucks have six, and those guys below fifteen are Brooke Lopez, who is just a valuable asset. You can't put that any other way to me. Pat Connaughton, relatively valuable. I'm not even going to talk that much about him. i got to be honest. But I like the guy. I think he gives the team what they need off the bench. And then Corver. Corver will give you your threes. That's a championship need. That I mean, every championship team needs a guy like Kyle Corver off the bench. I'm okay with his player efficiency rating being 11.2 because it's Kyle Corver. I'm, I'm laughing about... Kyle Corver, um, because <laughs> why he he's been pretty damn good this year. I mean, doing exactly what you want him to do. Forty two percent from three on four attempts. He's averaging essentially two made threes a game, which I guess is his role. I'm just I'm that's his about role. That. But uh, nothing if, wrong if, with that. If you want to play that game, I, I can go to some of the guys below. I already mentioned uh, Beverly and Patrick Patterson, um, but. Uh, Shamit is down there too, and so Shamit's is, a worse Corver. So is Mark. No, he's not because yes, he, he can is. actually play defense and dribble the basketball without dribbling it off his foot. Can't shoot as well as Corver, um, and he's a yeah, shooter. He, I think he's a horrible comparison to Corver. I think they're two just vastly different players, but um, different argument. Uh, Marcus Morris Senior's down there too. I, this team is so good and so deep, um, and I hear you on the six for the Bucks, but. We can go back to the one-two as well. Would you rather have Giannis and Middleton or Kawhi? Yes, I'd rather have Kawhi and Paul George. Yes, that, there this you is go. my one but hitch then, with this. But with then, this Bucks well, team so, is so, so so let me let me ask you this: Would you? I'm curious about this. Would you rather have Kawhi and Lou Williams than Giannis and Chris Middleton? No, I I might. How about Harold? No, I'm, I might. I'm, I, Chris Middleton. Is, I might again. Middleton's one of the more undervalued players in the league. His averages over the past couple of years, have been really, really, really solid. I know, and really I'm not solid. arguing that. But and my hitch with him is that he's streaky, like like a lot of other guys in the league, but from your number two, that's not really exactly what you want. It's kind of like Jamal Murray with the Nuggets, and, he, I mean, that's been proven to be an issue for them. Middleton can be a question mark. He can't play ISO to save his life, so when they're not on the floor together, it's like he basically is a non-factor. But... When he's on the floor, when when Giannis is on the floor and Middleton's on the floor, Middleton puts up really good numbers. Well, and when so, he's hot, so he's, he's fucking hot. The fact he's is incredible. The when fact he's that hot. there's even an argument for me to take Kawhi and Lou Williams and compare it to their one two when I'm taking the Clippers one three, maybe one four, because uh, Harold is that good. By the way, um, Harold does not stack up to Middleton. That's tell, a lie. You're tells, lying to yourself. I'm, You're lying to yourself you if want. you say that he stacks up to Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is an all star. Harrell's averaging 18. Harrell's not close. He's averaging 18 and 7 uh, on 56% shooting. So 58% shooting. So that's pretty good. Um, he's a good player. He's Don't a get really me wrong. good player, right? He, he's more efficient but, than uh, if Middleton. If you ask me, am I, am but, I taking. But you just told me that Middleton can't carry an offense. Lou Will can by okay, himself. Okay, Montrez as, can't. I, I, okay, I, I fine, want to throw fine, him out of the conversation. Fine. Thank um, you. But Lou Will can. Lou Will can. You're 100%. Right. You're right. He, like, the crazy thing is that they're going to have the one and two finishers and six men of the year because neither of them start because that's how good and deep this team is. So um, I, I think we're predicting the finals matchup right now, and I think the Clippers will win it. And I'm curious if 
you actually think the Bucks will win it or if you think that you just couldn't switch the Clippers out of principle? Because I would respect both, honestly. <laughs> you want to know the real answer? Yeah. It's both. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think yeah, that's fair. It's I both. really do. It's both. I, I could see the Clippers winning it, but I'm not going to pick them because fuck you. It's that simple. Fair enough. By the way, Harold's player efficiency rating is 23, which is like an elite number. So I, I just... I'm 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 curious about that because I well, really do on, think. Hold on, I got I got to look up Chris Middleton after that. You, you, you gotta give me a chance. You you, you gotta give twenty one point four. All right, all right, all right. I, I, I think there's a legit argument for Harold being better than not a better fit next to Giannis. Don't get me wrong, Middleton's a good fit next to Giannis, but uh, I think there's a legit argument for Harold. Uh, as a better player than Chris Middleton. Mm. And he plays in the West, so he'll never be an all-star, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But if he played in the East, I think he'd have legit cases as an all-star. Not as a big. I really think he might. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm sorry to go there, but Embiid and Adebayo immediately are take the spots. That 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 Okay. And Sabonis. I I take Sabonis over Montrez. I agree, but the, those three, the three of them are all better players than Montrez Harrell. They pick more than three front court players in an all-star game. Well then, fine. Giannis, add Giannis to the equation. Add. That's it. Add Ben Simmons. Can we add Ben Simmons? Simmons is a guard. <laughs> he's a backcourt player. Hey, he's playing the four now. No, no, he's not. <laughs> I, I, I still don't buy that long term. But um, I'm just saying, your his, boy Bertans. <laughs> you're making my point. Harold's an all star if he's in the East, even with these numbers. Questionable. He's, he's on the border. He's on the border. You give him too much credit. A little bit. A little bit. Player efficiency rating will tell if, you if, great if, numbers if, for if him, but I don't, I don't see him as an all-star. If, in the if he wasn't the fourth best scorer on his team, he might shoot the ball a little more, too. Well, he also can't so, shoot. That's the other problem. He does his job, man. Does he, his job. He rebounds the ball. Middleton does more than his job, I would argue. You're making my point, though. The fact that I can even frame an argument for the fourth best player on the Clippers being better than the second no, best no. player on the Bucks. Okay. Kind of okay. scary. Okay, I hear you. That's all for this episode, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I know this one was a little different than some of our usual episodes. It was all basketball all the time. We'll go back to our more normal pattern. We'll have an interview for next week, so look forward to that. And in about a week's time from now, we're going to have the beginning of the baseball season. MLB will be starting up in eight days from now. Cole Scherzer. Yeah, Cole Scherzer going to kick it off. By the time we get this episode out, it'll probably be four days. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> true enough. Be true with ourselves. But yeah, that's what I think we'll be covering that next time. And for days to come, we'll have live major sports in America. And sports to bet on. How on about that? How about, that? that? How about that? That's going to be fun. You've been listening to The Fallout. Thanks for tuning in.